Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Agrita Dandrell, and you're listening to the Mindful of Everything podcast, which calls for revolutionary healing of self and community in order to outgrow new individualistic cultures which work to disempower communities so that we can collectively re-envision a safer, healthier and equitable world. Today we're in conversation with Dharmini Gallagher. You have to crystallize and reclaim your identity if you want to transcend it, right? So even from spiritual perspective, it's like until unless you don't know who you are at the level of your identity, it's very hard to then transcend it and become one with God or one with divine or whatever that looks like for you because if you are not comfortable with who you are in your body in your mind then you're just constantly in conflict with yourself Dharmini is an intuitive coach trained Vedic counselor professional kathak dancer and mother her working with a fundamental level of vibration to guide her clients particularly women Dharmini offers pathways in honoring creativity individuality and material and spiritual abundance by awakening to our inner experiential wisdom and being aligned to our multicultural identities which shape our being and the ways in which we share our gifts to the world. Hi Dharmini, thank you so much for coming onto this space today. I'm really really grateful to have you here. Thank you so much for having me here. Before we begin today's episode which has been so long in the waiting (laughs) it's been a few months now I know I know it's actually before I went to India first time Mm -hmm. I've been to India again since then so yeah it's been a while (laughs) yeah but I think the excitement and the energy has definitely built up for today Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. super super excited to get into it but before we begin I would love for you to lead a meditative breathing practice with us that you have so kindly accepted my invitation for. Yes, I would love that. So I will take us through like a quick meditation, just quick, deep breaths and just bringing ourselves to the present. And then I would like to say a few affirmations so that um, whoever is listening can really give themselves permission to, you know, really say positive things to themselves, which is beautiful. So I would love to do that. Yes, thank you. Okay, awesome. So if you are driving, then don't close your eyes. (laughs) But if you are not, then I would invite you to just close your eyes for a few moments. And really, you know, anchor yourself in your breath. The best way to do that is take a deep breath in to your belly. Really feel your belly expanding as you take a deep breath in. And as you exhale, contract. Another deep breath in. Expand your belly and exhale, contract. Keep on taking deep breaths. If your mind is stuck anywhere in the past, you know, all the things you could have done better or meetings, this or that, commitments. If your mind is just in a chatter about past, I want you to really bring that part of you and bring it to the present and anchor it 
in the breath. If there are parts of you which are hopping into the future, they are thinking about, oh my God, what's going to happen next or what you have to do after this podcast, after you listen to it or whatever it is, really bring and gather those parts of you as well and bring them to the present and anchor them in your breath. Take another deep breath in and out. I would like to say a few words now and really give yourself permission to to receive, to receive positive words, you know, because a lot of time we are constantly listening to things from others or even ourselves, which are negative or are rooted in lack or how I'm not enough and how I could have done things so much better. So it's good to say to yourself positive words, just to affirm yourself that you are enough. You are complete in this moment in time. I am safe and grounded. I deserve the best world has to offer. My needs are always met. I feel secure. I'm abundant. I'm radiant, beautiful, creative, and enjoy a healthy and passionate life. I give myself permission to do everything that I desire. Success and prosperity are attracted towards me naturally and easily. I feel and live life to the fullest. I have high self-esteem and I am valuable. Take a deep breath in and really let these words sink into your body, into your mind. Amazing. When you're ready, open your eyes. Thank you so much for that. Feels so much more in my body. Awesome. That's the intention. Coming back yes. to your body is the best, you know. And especially when mind is like chattering so much, it's so so important to anchor yourself in the body and anchor yourself in the present. And I find whenever you do that. Whenever you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed, it's usually about what happened in the past or what's going to happen in the future, right? Um, so really bringing yourself to the present and anchoring yourself in the now really helps to bring that solidity and groundedness, which is needed to deal with any problem, whatever you know is presented to you. But I think when you're truly grounded in present, every problem just becomes so much easier. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And I love doing these practices, especially because the sort of topics that we cover or discuss about on this podcast, I feel sometimes can feel quite uneasy or bring sort of emotions of uneasiness and mm -hmm. um, nervousness and worry and anticipation. You know, what are we going to discuss here? So I think it just really helps in creating that sort of safe space and allowing each other to 
just hold each other when we are at our vulnerable points. So I just find this really, really important. Yeah. So thank you for reading that. No worries. Yes, it's my pleasure. And especially like the topics, the kind of topics you cover, I I can imagine they can be like slightly triggering and uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. as you said. So yeah, coming, coming to the present and just accepting that these things need to be voiced out, because if we don't voice them out, then they just sit in our psyche and come out in distorted ways. So well done for, you know, creating such a beautiful space to talk about these things. I'm really excited. Thank you. Thank you so much, Damini. To begin the conversation, we'd love to just know how you got into Vedic wisdom and teaching around that and also intuitive coaching. How did you get into that space? Because I feel like this brings quite a lot of nuance into counselling and coaching, you know, coming from the wisdom from the Ved and Mm -hmm. things like that. That is quite different to what we often get to see in coaching and therapy and um, sort of healing spaces. So we'd love to just know how you journeyed into that. Yeah, so my journey started by actually studying psychology. That's why I moved to Australia because I was like, okay, I want to help people. You know, my dad is a psychologist as well. So it was just like, um, you know, just following that and being like, okay, I think I'm going to be a psychologist. But when I studied psychology in Australia, I found it being quite, quite limited. I, I didn't really entirely agree with reducing people's lives to just mind or to just brain um it was like we are way more than our mind and I wanted to explore any something else which was which was much more holistic and I went deeper into actually at that time I went deeper into like shamanism and more embodiment practices and things like that it was only three years ago when actually I met my coach uh, who I hired to you know teach me how to do business and how to actually bring Vedas into coaching and he was doing that and I was like oh my god what you are doing I want to do that that sounds amazing because that was also an invitation for me to bring back my roots into, you know, the work I do, which actually comes so naturally to me. There's so much less resistance because I understand, um, you know, India, it's just, it's in my blood. So there's like yes. an intimacy, which is, which I'm so comfortable with. So once I started going deep into, you know, Ayurveda and Vedanta, and I know very little compared to what's out there. So yeah, once I got into it, it just made so much sense. And the amount it was, I think the best part of it was, it's not one size fit all. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's like really honoring your individuality, you know, your individual body constitution, your individual mind constitution, you know, and really living from that place of presence. I think that was big, because, for example, with Ayurveda, um, the kind of food you're going to eat is, you know, dependent on your body constitution, your mind constitution, what's the weather like, what's the season like, what time of the day, then based on, you know, your body constitution and your body makeup, it's like what time you should go to sleep, what, sh- what time you should go to, you know, be awake. And it's different for different people. So that was like amazing because I never felt understood. You know, I I always was like just following whatever diets or following, okay, I just should eat raw food or I should just drink smoothies or I should just do this because that's what's healthy. 
But once I came to know Ayurveda, I was like, oh, no, the kind of diet I should eat and the way I should treat my body and mind is very different to someone if they have more fire element in them or more earth element in them as compared to air, which is predominantly my dosha. So that was amazing. You know, I think for my own self um, was great. And once I saw the, the miracles it created and how grounded I felt, it made sense to share it with other people. So that's how kind of it started. Then I started going much more deeper into it. But now I've kind of changed my um, program and changed what I share. So I predominantly work with feminine empowerment and feminine confidence. And But it kind of ties back to that same place of honoring your individuality. It really comes back to that, you know, like really living life from the place of honoring your unique essence and what you are here to share with the world as compared to just being one of many. Yes, absolutely. And I think... That's the importance and that's the value that ancient um, knowledge systems like Ayurved bring mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. And so how do you think that your perhaps your experiences as an immigrant and moving from the homeland of where Ayurved originates from to a Western environment, how has that journey or the experiences linked to that immigrant experience and journey? perhaps influence your your decision to get into Vedic wisdom and to help people understand the concepts around that? Mm. So I'll be honest, when I moved to Australia nine years ago, I hated everything about my country. I did mm-hmm. not like the the culture. I did not like my family because of whatever you know issues I had at that time. I absolutely was, yeah, deeply uncomfortable in my own skin and who I was um, from every perspective you can think of. And the only thing I could think of was to just leave, just leave India. When I came to Australia, I fully adopted Australian culture. I was really happy. I was actually felt really blessed that, okay, I'm great. I'm here. And I did a lot of things, you know, Australians (laughs) would do. And, And it was fantastic. I think it was really good. But after a while, I really, you know, I think there was like this deep yearning to integrate my roots because India is fantastic. Like, you know, the culture and the religion and the depth is just, wow, it's amazing. And especially, you know, you won't believe like I got into spirituality when I moved to Australia, you know, Mm -hmm. so I did my first Vipassana meditation course and I got into, you know, mantras and all that, that all happened while I was living in Australia. And I was like, wow, this comes from India. Yes. I remember my grandpa used to take me to temples and, you know, and it was just like this huge journey of remembrance. Like literally it was like, wow, wow, wow. You know, the quotes, the fabric, the music, the dance, the art, the religion, everything. I was like in the depth which India provides, it's like different, you know, it's it's amazing. So there was actually no choice but to integrate too, because it was a deep integration within me, right? Like I, I live in Australia. I absolutely love the the amount of opportunities um, this country has given me. And I'm Australian citizen and I'm so grateful for that. But there is this entire part of me, which is Indian, you know, and it it had to integrate. Otherwise, I was living in this conflict and trying to be someone who I was not. 
right? I, I was, I'm, I'm not, you know, a white Caucasian Australian person. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah. it's amazing to, to adopt that culture and to really celebrate it and really be grateful. But it was also really important to integrate my roots. Um, and once I did it, I was unstoppable, you know, career happened and I'm a Kathak dancer and, you know, even like my English, you know, it's not perfect. And I make so many grammatical mistakes and I'm like fully on that. I'm like, yep, English is my, you know, third language, second language. So that's just what it is. And once I started owning that and integrating that, then everyone started celebrating it right like I, I've run a very successful business and I'm an artist and no one really cares about you know my grammatical mistakes no one really cares about anything which I cared about which I thought were huge things you know when I moved to Australia um, but it was like a huge I think yeah just huge journey of developing that self-confidence and integrating it was beautiful very challenging very very challenging <laughs> very uncomfortable but very necessary. I believe every everyone should really go through the process of integrating their roots back into their modern lifestyle. I think it's important. Yes, absolutely. You talk about the challenges that you experienced in reintegrating um, mm. Indian culture back into your life, right? As you are navigating this new land. So... If you could just sort of illustrate the sort of challenges that you've experienced, particularly coming from a woman, because mm. experiences that a woman could have, particularly under systems like patriarchy, mm-hmm. can be quite different from men. So, yeah, if you could just go through some of the challenges that you've experienced doing that, or perhaps women who you've coached within this space have experienced that. Mm-hmm. It was very long ago, but I think... The the biggest one I would say was this just like feeling that I didn't belong, you know, because when I moved to Australia, I was just I really felt like I didn't belong. Like, who am I? What am I doing here? You know, when I look around, there are these women who are super confident and they're really owning themselves and they're owning their voice. And, you know, especially like coming from India, where like I never wore like a simple thing. I never wore a bikini in India. Right. So coming to Australia and seeing like women completely, you know, being so comfortable with their body, which they don't even think about because that's how they read up. Right. From little children, like you go to beach, you don't even think about it. But for someone like me, it was a huge thing. Like it was massive. And then, you know, back home, you know, there's this cream, like an ointment called Fair and Lovely, which has bleach in it to, Mm -hmm. to whiten your skin. So when I came to Australia, I was just like, oh my God, my skin is brown. Oh my God, I'm dark. You know, look at these like white, white girls. And I was just like, wow, that, that, like that was huge. And these are all very deep inner conflicts I, I faced, you know, on day to day basis. I was very lucky. You know, I was very slender, slender, very petite. And, you know, when I came, everyone was like, oh my God, your skin is so beautiful. And we actually put, you know, stuff on our body to get tanned and stuff like that. And then I was like, oh, okay. So this is, this is unique. What I have is unique. You know, who am I is unique. And English was a huge thing as well going to university and having that Australian accent and not really understanding 100% what people are saying, what lecturers are saying, and then speaking that 
support like going and asking again it's like what do you mean by that you know can you really explain that um and and i remember just like, really questioning myself like questioning like am i stupid <laughs> like am i dumb like why don't i understand this uh why don't i get it I was very lucky i had a beautiful you know my my father like always put a lot of emphasis on english and stuff like that so it was not a huge problem but um it was still a problem um and then it was just i think the the journey of really becoming comfortable with who i was really becoming comfortable in my skin comfortable in my body comfortable in my mind and not constantly comparing because i think that was a huge thing you know it's just a like constantly comparing myself to people who come from first world country where they have certain privileges certain opportunities people that the the problems they think you know i i still remember i share a small example when when i came to australia i made this friend and she was like centrelink which is the government centrelink should pay for our stationery why don't they pay for our stationery right it's like that was her problem that they're paying for education government is paying for everything but they should pay for stationery and coming from india seeing people on road you know when i was back in india like you know i was used to always be eased and made very uncomfortable in my self expression i was a very rebellious person and i was always seen down upon and coming here and was like wow th- this is your problem like this is actually your idea of problem and like my problems are so different you know um and just having those conversations and becoming aware and just going oh i come from a different country and different culture and different mindset and i need to become more and more comfortable with that you know and actually celebrate that and actually you know own it that's just who i am and i think that was yeah that was huge but it took years i would say now well, i got you know my my ex husband he 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 was australian so he was he's he was caucasian he's caucasian and i think that helped a lot like getting married to him and you know getting into relationship with him was huge because he just you know embraced me embraced me you know into his culture and friend group and all that so that was huge that really really helped i would say So yeah I would definitely suggest you know that's one thing which I think was so so good for me like which I did was I did not just stick with Indian community you know I really went out of my comfort zone and I was like no I'm going to make friends who are Australians and I'm going to speak up my mind in those groups and I'm going to own my culture and my who I am in that environment that was big that was massive um Absolutely. and i would yeah. yeah and i would highly suggest you know even though i know it feels so uncomfortable but you do it one time 2 3 4 5 10 you know 11th time it just becomes easier and easier and it's a huge integration process and the more you own yourself and the more you celebrate yourself everyone else will um it is a journey but i think it's very important you know especially if you want to live here forever yeah. like you you know you can't constantly live in a compromise of you know compromise your self expression you can't do that so yeah it's it's very important and giving yourself time it's okay to take time it's okay to ask for support my university was amazing it actually had like international days and you know there were a lot of counselors and a lot of groups like international groups in which i could be part of and you know really accept the diversity in the university which was really really good so yeah just being part of those things just like really going out and just being part of those things was was huge was amazing 
Yeah, I really liked how you mentioned how the reintegration process is also involving yourself in the community that you've now joined rather than just sticking to the diaspora, right? That's where you can actually test yourself and how well you wear your truths, um, how well you perhaps could explain to people who are curious about knowing. And perhaps at times it might seem a bit insensitive, um, mm -hmm. the way people probe, right, you in explaining your truths and just claiming who you are right your mm -hmm. identity so I, I yeah I just I really liked how you picked up on that because it is about getting out of your comfort zone mm. I think making that transition from your homeland to wherever you're going to is already going out of your comfort zone but just reclaiming your identity within that space and amongst people who have different cultural identities is just so important yeah, it is. And you have to crystallize and reclaim your identity if you want to transcend it, right? So even from spiritual perspective, it's like, until unless you don't know who you are at the level of your identity, it's very hard to then transcend it and become one with God or one with divine or whatever that looks like for you. Because if you're not comfortable with who you are in your body, in your mind, then you're just constantly in conflict with yourself. Then there's no space for divine or for spirituality to enter your life, you know? So it's actually very important for you to really crystallize and really claim and really own who you are and become really comfortable in your body. Because um, someone was asking me the other day, you know, what what's confidence, what really confidence means for you, because that's what I really help women with, like cultivating confidence. And it's like, ultimately, it's just becoming deeply, deeply comfortable, you know, in your own being. That's all what it is. If you walk yeah. into a room full of people, the person who is there who is most confident is just the one who is most comfortable with who they are. It really doesn't matter how they look, what's their weight, how what their body type is, you know, what color of their skin, whether they're speaking English properly or not, or even if they're not even saying anything, just their being, you know, it's the confidence is oozing out of their being. And that's because they're deeply, deeply comfortable with themselves. So I think that process is really crucial if you want to have a fulfilling and well-integrated life. Um, otherwise, it's just state of deep you know inner anarchy and conflict which is really exhausting really really deeply exhausting um especially for women i feel like we already you know struggle so much you know yes. <laughs> establishing ourselves and our identity in general and then on mm -hmm. top of that um you come to a new country it's it's a whole new whole new game and it's yeah the sooner you become solid within yourself by getting to know yourself and claiming your identity and your power and your unique essence the better it is and you help in guiding women in being at one with their body through embodiment practices so mm -hmm. how how what are the sorts of practices you do with clients and to make them just feel more comfortable with their bodies and what those bodies represent in terms of their culture and just who they are, mm -hmm. if you could just flesh that out for us. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest one is, first of all, like really becoming honest with yourself, mm -hmm. right? Like something as simple as I tell my clients is to just look them, like look at yourself in the mirror 
and really just appreciate your body. Like how many times do you actually like stand in front of the mirror and you look at your body and you go, oh my God, it's so freaking beautiful. Most of the times it's like, oh, I can lose some weight here. Oh my God, look at my stretch marks. Oh my God, this can be better. Oh my God, there's so much hair. How many times do we actually go like, wow, this is so beautiful. Like we have this amazing practice in Ayurveda called Abhyangam, which is um, self body massage, right? And it's, it's for blood circulation and, uh, you know, waking everything up. But I always tell all my women clients to like, when they are massaging their body to really become deeply grateful for this body, like you're able to walk and, you know, use your hands and just come back to that place of gratitude and feeling abundant in your body because if you don't if you're constantly self-sabotaging if you're constantly telling yourself I like this I like that you know my body's this my body's that I'm not saying don't do anything about it yes if you feel unhealthy if you feel in your body that you know you want to become fitter and you want to you know be able to run marathon or you know I'm a classical dancer so I like I go to gym three days a week I um, do weight training once a day I you know do riyas at minimum four days a week so that requires a lot of discipline and pushing myself and my body hurts a lot. So it's not, I'm not saying don't push yourself, but the fundamental level where I operate from is I absolutely love my body the way it is, you know, and I will yeah. tell you like when I was in India around, I used to be bullied for being super skinny when I was a teenager. And after that, I got onto these medications, um, which would put on weight. So I went through a huge journey of becoming yeah. comfortable in my body. And this is when I was 17, 17, 18, mm. you know, and I used to take these yeah. medications to put on weight and my body just like got swollen, like it got so big and then it just retracted. It went back to being what it was. And then when I had my son, that was a huge journey as well. Oh, the other one was when I had my son, you know, we have um, melanin, is it, in our body? Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and that became so predominant in my body, like in my underarms and, you know, in my inner thighs. And I remember like, I was like, oh my God, what's going on? Already there's so many issues with like being dark and, you know, having that skin tone issue. And then when I was pregnant, I was like, oh my God, I would never go back to, you yeah. know, feeling X, Y, Z. And that was huge journey, like little things like that, which when you see, for example, someone who's, you know, is Caucasian and have, you know, fair skin, it's like, they don't have those issues. So again, like you're like, is there something wrong with me? Why this is happening? Oh my God, I need to put this cream on, that cream on. Um, I didn't go to that extent, but I know people who did. And again, it's like, it's, it's so toxic. It's, I, I truly think it's toxic. It's really bad for our self-trust for um, self-confidence, for owning ourselves, you know, and it's these narratives which get uh, fed to us by sometimes even by our own parents, you know, by our families and friends and society and TV and all these things like what's the perfect, this is the perfect body, you know, and this is the perfect skin color and you've got a perfect hair. And yeah, I had to really go through the process of really, you know, unconditioning myself through all that. But now I'm at a point where I yeah, fully own my body. I don't even shave my arms anymore. Even when I perform, <laughs> like I do not care. Because yeah. I know now deep down that it's not about these things. It really is not. It's just 
it's our own mind obsessing over these things and then making it into a reality and then becoming deeply uncomfortable in front of people when that that thing is there but once you say it out loud you own it and you celebrate it it's like it's about you know when i dance it's about the skill it's about my love for the art form it has nothing to do with anything else um everything else is a bonus really it is and it's a choice fundamentally it's just about the art so same as with my work like who cares whether i speak perfect english or not am i getting results for my clients yes are they seeing transformation yes do they feel deeply heard and you know are they really evolving yes that's all what matters the mode of communication language is one way there are so many other ways of doing it so it's it, again it just really comes back to really reclaiming and remembering you know that you are powerful you are truly powerful and you're beyond you are definitely beyond you know your body and your mind and the language and the thoughts and the emotions and feelings but to get to that experiential understanding that you're beyond these things i think you have to go through accepting honoring and acknowledging your body your mind your emotions your values you have to go through that you can't bypass that stuff so you have to go through it and once you go through it then you meet you know the deepest core of who you are which is um infinite you know which is godly so that's why yes 100% it's very important to become comfortable with who you are and become comfortable with your identity if you want to experience something beyond your individual self so from so many perspectives it's a must it's really important yeah and that's where i look towards the ancestors for whether it's in ancient indian culture and knowledge or other forms of indigenous knowledge systems this whole idea of focusing not exactly on who you are but the capacity that you hold as as a being right and mm-hmm. the multiple bodies that make up who you are mm-hmm. and using those gifts to let other people know that they also have that capacity for change making and for just connecting to who they are right mm-hmm. i just feel so grateful that a lot of us are starting to reclaim these these ancient knowledge systems once again and reintegrate that into our lives i feel like without them you sometimes do feel quite lost really yeah. particularly if you are on a land which has strayed so far away from that right absolutely from, ori- from our origins from our roots yeah. mm-hmm. and so i am very grateful to be part of that culture and to be contributing to that discussion and that effort that collective effort to get back to what it really means to be human and to just be proud of that i feel yeah. like the systems that we live in currently they work to fragment us and compartmentalize us even further mm-hmm. so that within the groups we are sort of homogenized and um the diversity within our groups right so our communities or the countries that we're from the cultures we're from when we start to group each other we burn those bridges of humanity mm-hmm. right between those groups mm-hmm. and so to be able to resist those systems through embodiment practices through connecting to your roots is so powerful and i don't think people understand the power of that Sometimes oh, yeah. when we think about change we're thinking oh we need to change the entire system that we're in we need to change mm-hmm. patriarchy capitalism mm-hmm. um imperialism when in fact it is just reconnecting to who you are and 
connecting to the different bodies and makeup and the different worlds and make up who you are. That is the biggest form of resistance. And I think the power of that is quite undermined. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was also like a huge calling to go back to, you know, Indian roots was because I, I find, you know, Western world, it's like we have a lot of strong ideologies. There's very strong ideologies, but when it comes to the connection, you know, the deep connection into like who you are, like, you know, where do you come from? What is your root? Like that richness only India can give me. And I truly like, you know, now I'm a I'm a Vishnu devotee. So Vishnu is one of the the three gods, you know, Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva. And yeah. I know like it's nothing can throw me off center. I'm so deeply rooted in the divine, in divine masculine through Vishnu, let's say, and, you know, and Lakshmi is that, and that's like, I, I'm deeply devoted. I've been atheist for so many years. Oh my God. I used to listen to like Sam Harris and all that. And that was a huge journey again to come back to, you know, Hinduism and religion and accepting it and knowing that that's what really cultivates that deep peace within me. But Australia could never have given me that, you know, that that was my journey to like going back to Indian roots and going, wow, there is so much depth here. And, you know, that that feeling of belongingness, I think at the end of the day, like that's what was missing, you know, it's like, where do I belong? And initially it was the, the journey of like, yep, I belong in my body. I belong in my mind. I belong in my feelings. I belong in my values. So if, it's, even from Vedic perspective, there's five sheets of human existence, right? There's Anamaya Kosha, Pranamaya Kosha, Manamaya Kosha, Vigyanamaya Kosha, and Anandamaya Kosha, and then there's Satchitananda. So Anamaya Kosha is the physical sheath. It's like the grossest sheath, right? So working with your body is it's the easiest. If I ask you to like lift your right hand, you can lift your right hand. If I say stop thinking negative thoughts, it's very hard to do that, right? It requires much more subtle awareness to do that. So working with your body is like super easy, first thing to work with. So, and when you come to the belongingness part as well, it's like, yep, I belong in my body. You know, mm -hmm. if I go exercise, if I run, I feel good. Okay, that's good. You know, that like there's rush of endorphins. Then the second one is Pranamaya Gosha. So what goes in, like becoming really aware of your senses and like becoming really aware of what environment you're putting yourself into. What are your surroundings? Are you aware of them? Like, you know, what are you letting in? inside your senses so even from this perspective it's like there were times where I would be in a group and people would be saying whatever about India or Indian culture or they'll be joking or about Hinduism and I would correct them and I'd be like no you know that's not like that's not appropriate or yep that's how you think but that's not correct let me correct you and just educating just educating not being defensive or anything but again it's like you know becoming aware of like what's going in what's coming out becoming aware of your breath and then you know your emotions and your mind and your ability to discern and as you go keep on going deeper it's like it's divine i belong in my divinity you know and that divinity at the moment is manifesting as vishnu as that God, but ultimately it's like that's where I'm rooted. And when mm -hmm. I'm rooted to that depth of human consciousness, it's like nothing can really waver me. You know, it's like what's going to, you know, waver me, like COVID or uncertainty or whatever it is. Like I don't really care about those things. Like they seem so superficial now. But before they did not. 
Uh, but it's yeah, again, it's been a journey. But hundred percent, like, and when you connect to that, and as you said, like the embodiment, for example, like when you connect to your divinity, when I dance from that place, when I serve from that place, then you're connecting to the heart of another human. You're not connecting to their identity or their gender or you know or anything. You're connecting to something way, way deeper. But for you to be able to connect to them at that depth you have to be first connected within you, right? So changing any system can be amazing. But if you change your own system, if you change yourself and you go and anchor yourself into the deepest core of your being, then whenever you step into any environment or you meet any person, you connect to their deepest you know, core and you transcend all these layers which have been conditioned over time saying that you are this, you are that, you know, you are your body, you're your mind, you're your thoughts, you're your feelings, you're your, you know, whatever identity. But it's very important for you to embrace that within yourself if you want to make that difference and I, I truly believe like honoring your individuality and honoring your unique essence and sharing that with the world is probably one of the biggest things you can do because once you change and you transform the world around you transforms and that is the impact you know which you want to have and I know that it feels very counterintuitive to do that because I know that when I was not grounded in my in my deepest core, into my deepest, you know, essence and power, then when things really got chaotic, it felt very intuitive to blame. It felt very intuitive to want to change everything, want to complain, want to, you know, self-pity. And I know that I've been there. Like I know that it's very, very hard. But Trust me, like if you truly come back to your power and you truly go within yourself and you become solid in your being, all these problems which exist just fall. They literally just fall through because it's just, you know, you are just convincing yourself these problems exist. But when you go deeper into yourself, then they don't exist anymore. And it is much more also easier to go deep within yourself and work with yourself as compared to, you know, fixing 20,000 things outside of you, right? It is, you know, if you're trying to fix the system, the school, the people, this, that, this, that, gather all that energy and pour that within yourself. It's so powerful. And then self-expression happens. Then you own your voice. Then you stand in your power. And when you do that, it's like, it's next to nothing. You know, um, because you're not being dependent on books or news or what my friend said or, oh, my God, this is what I feel. Oh, my God, this is what I think. You're like, no, you are you are so grounded in your power that when you feel that someone is attacking you or someone is not being fair or whatever, you look them in their eye and you say, no, I'm not available for this bullshit. You know, and you're just able to say that with your, with the power within you, not being dependent on any external system. And that is a very beautiful state of consciousness to experience, you know, as an individual. And I really wish everyone does come to that point because it's, it's very powerful. Yeah, I mean, I often say that when we talk about systems or changing systems, systemic change, we forget the systems within us. 
mm-hmm. us as a human being, our bodies are systems, right? Systems made up of multiple systems. So the most work we can do systemically is within ourselves, right? Yeah. And just seeing ourselves as systems which also work with other bodies to create that collective and then mm-hmm. coming together to form a sort of resistive and um, change-making force for that bigger system that we're talking about mm-hmm. is is the main goal. Yeah, just valuing your individuality is definitely the first yes. step. Because until you do not see that power within you, power of your you know your system or you as an individual system connected to other systems mm-hmm. and other bodies, yeah, that bigger change cannot happen. Yeah. It- it happens but from a different place, right? Like yeah. it still happens, but it's like coming out of a distorted place because you haven't come into contact with your power yet. So you are still playing into those systems unknowingly. You, you know, even yeah. if you're trying to fix them, you are still playing that same game. But mm-hmm. you can get to a place where it doesn't exist because it's not that you're giving those system negative or positive energy. You just choose to not give it any energy. Right. And that is the place of power where you are neither like saying, I hate this or, Oh my God, I love this. You're just like, I am just not available for this. Like this doesn't exist. I choose to see you at a much deeper level. I choose to connect to your heart. I choose to connect to your truth. I choose to connect to your power. I do not care what other layers are there. You know, we can talk through it. We can have an open conversation about it and I can help you through it. But that's the, that's the truth I'm choosing to see, you know, and that as an individual where you can do that. And I also want to um, talk about that thing you said as collective. So that's the other thing. When I was not comfortable in my own body, in my own skin, then I reached out for making friends out of need. There was a need to feel again, belonged. There was a need to be like, oh my God, I don't know who am I. So, okay, if I'm in this group of people, then I feel safe. But when I came back to my own power, when I truly understood myself and I really aligned myself to my vision, what I find meaningful and, you know, started like stepping forward with courage and conviction, then, you know, you become magnetic. Like you truly become magnetic. People come to you. Um, things come to you, opportunities come to you, people feel attracted towards you, because they can sense they can feel beyond language, beyond body, beyond anything, they can feel that you are deeply, you know, grounded in your power. And through you, they are remembering that power within you, and they feel, you know, attracted towards being around you. And again, like that, because you're so you're feeling so belonged within you in your own body, then you then attract your true tribe. Like all my friends now who I have are deeply connected to my heart. We are not playing games. We are not here talking at a superficial level because they are in my life because they're fully choosing to be here because they see me as an individual and I am complete and they are complete and we are coming together. And again, like that's, that's very important. You know, if you want to attract fulfilling and deeply nourishing relationships in your life, it again starts with you. You have to have that relationship with yourself first for you to attract those relationships. So you can make as much difference 
in the world as you want and it's amazing but it's so much more amazing when you are deeply grounded in your power and in your individuality and in what you are here to do in your unique essence you know like people can't see me on on the video right now but you know i always wear like sandalwood and kumkum and bindi and i do kathak dance you know 2% of i hope my stats are right but it's like around 2% of people in india even appreciate kathak it's like so little and i've devoted my life to that art form Absolutely. not because you know not because anyone is giving me that sense of validation of like oh my god this is so amazing no i love it that's mm-hmm. what ignites my soul that's what ignites my heart so i am going to spend hours and years and my entire lifetime being devoted to it you know same as with my career it's like yes i could have done a job yes i could have done a degree yes i could have you know just done what my parents told me but it's like no this is my heart's calling this yeah. is what truly you know and and my business has been sustaining me and you know i've been doing really well because it's something which is fully aligned with who i am as an individual so it really starts with you and then you see like you just start making this massive impact in the world and the impact just keeps on getting bigger and bigger as you're able to hold that power more and more as well you know because the more also you're grounded in yourself i feel like the more you're grounded in that divinity and in that infinite source of power the more you're able to hold power like you're able to hold other people's projections or opinions or whatever that is like your your energetic container becomes really strong so from every perspective that's at least that's my mantra like that's my mission is to help women really fall deeply in love with themselves and with their individuality and really shine from that place yes and absolutely just realizing that you are a multidimensional being Um you know if we just talk about cultural identities oftentimes we think of them as two separate things right like you can have a cultural identity let's say from india but then you also have one in australia mm-hmm. and those identities cannot come together into play and make a bigger sort of cultural identity for yourself it's mm-hmm. often they have to be separate right mm-hmm. you have to either connect to your indian a uh, cultural identity or your australian one or your british one they can't come together when mm-hmm. in fact when you see yourself as this bigger system which is integrated with all these different parts of yourself mm-hmm. changes everything absolutely no longer see the dichotomy right of it absolutely you yeah. don't see the duality absolutely no. i do not i'm like i'm the same person you know absolutely. of course like the the level of comfort i would say is different you know when i'm in india or i'm hanging out with my indian friends it's like the comfort is different because we speak the same language and yes. you know we have that banter but yeah. when i'm with my australian friends as well it's like i connect in a different way but it's not mm-hmm. any more an effortful thing it's like oh i'm in this environment so now i have to be this oh now i'm in this yeah. environment so i have to it's like that that level of like cognitive you know exercise of like okay now i need to change chop and change that goes away mm-hmm. um you are just being you and you are experiencing different parts of you through whatever conversations you are having you know with different people because the conversations i have with my friends who are australian are are kind of different in a way to the kind of conversations i have with my indian friends they're similar but different but that's beautiful i see so much beauty in that as compared to like oh my god 
I don't know what to do, you know, and that that duality that yeah, that thing you're talking about is like, I, I don't see that but I've been there, you yeah, know, same feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like I've definitely been there. Like you know, yeah. also just Christmas coming up. Like now, I don't eat meat anymore, for example, and I'm still doing Christmas with my ex partner's family. And they were talking in here, like, "Oh, okay, get you know ham and turkey and this and that." And I was like, "Oh, I don't eat meat, so I'm gonna get vegetables and I'm gonna get like you know vegan vegan ham or fake meat or whatever that is." Yeah. And yeah, it was like, "Oh, so you're not gonna eat that? Perfect. So can you bring that?" And it's like, "Yep, that's amazing." And it's like. I'm still going to do Christmas. I'm going to still yeah. like, you know, be part of this culture, but I don't have to do everything they're doing. And that's yeah. perfectly fine. And the more I'm okay with that, I'm not making a big deal out of that. They don't make a big deal out of it. You know, they're like, yeah. oh, cool. Awesome. Let's keep on going. And it's like a little, literally a two second conversation. It was not always like that. I would sit on a dining table. And I'm like, oh, there's beef and oh, there's pork and oh, okay. I'll just eat it because I don't, I don't know. You know, it's like that, that element definitely goes away because I deeply know I don't want to eat that, but I still want to celebrate. And my ability to celebrate should not hinder with the choices I make as an individual. So we can all come together and celebrate and collaborate and communicate, you know, what is it that each other require for that experience to be pleasurable. And communication is big one as well, you know, owning my voice and really saying out loud what I need and what I require to feel comfortable was a journey as well because it was not always I would just go with the things go with the flow because I was like oh I don't want to bother them oh there are five I'm only one so I don't know maybe I should just go with it it's all okay it's all good and now I'm like nope <laughs> this is what I need you know and we can have a conversation about it and they can be just like oh my god Minnie you're just being a bit too much can you just be comfortable with this one thing? And I'm like, yep, that's okay. But I'm not afraid to voice it out. I'm not afraid to mm -hmm. really, you know, speak it up. And I think that's, again, really important. I mean, especially with women, like I think we already struggle so much with being very agreeable and dumbing ourselves down and not owning yeah. our voices. And then you put that in the mix of like you being Indian and or you being, <clears throat> you know, you're feeling that you're not, you know, the majority. Yeah, then that absolutely. like really adds another layer, like really another layer um, on top of it. So yeah, owning your voice is also very, very important. Makes everything yeah. very easy. If you can speak up, if you can speak up exactly what you need and require, and I know it's so hard, but once that open, that block opens up, then life just becomes so much more smoother. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. a lot of our problems, personal or external, the sort of problems that we're seeing in the world communication if we just communicated yes it would solve a lot of issues and then we also realize that the other person or the other party is feeling the same way or just required that level of transparency that we often lack these days and yeah definitely communication is key to that because when yeah. you communicate your needs other people know exactly what you require at that time or what you require in the long term and people are happy to make those adjustments yeah I genuinely believe everybody wants to make everyone else happy and comfortable right yeah we are beings that require community mm -hmm. human beings especially mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, also, I want to, you know, say on that, that in, in our own mind, I know I was there and I know so many of my clients are there. When you don't communicate in your in your mind, it's like the worst case scenario. So you're just playing up, oh my God, if I say that, then I make them uncomfortable, then what they would think of me. And then that will be, you know, chaotic. And then I don't know if they like me anymore. And, you know, they might not, you know, welcome me at their parties anymore or at their gatherings anymore because I'm, in, I'm a problem and whatever, you know, I'm just taking a small example, but it's not like that. There is a huge zone of like, you know, the gray zone of like, when you say it out loud, then they say something and you say something that opens up a dialogue, you know, it opens up awareness, because they were not even aware, like so many times when I say things out loud and say, Oh, that's not how it is. Like, you know, this is what it is. So I was in, in a group of and someone was saying, oh, in Ayurveda, they say don't eat garlic. And I'm like, that's not true. It's not that in Ayurveda, they just say don't eat garlic. But if you want to have a Rajasic mind where you're like, go, 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 and you're doing a lot of things, garlic really helps. But if you want to calm your mind down, you want to have a meditative mind, then garlic doesn't help. So it really depends on what is it that you're wanting out of your life. And they're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Right. So now there's like this, you just opened different dimension of awareness for them. So, and now next time when they say that, like, you know, they would think and they'd be like, oh, that's, oh, that's not even a thing in their mind anymore. And that happened because I was okay to communicate that, you know? And I also want to say, you don't have to be always right to communicate. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay for them to tell you that, oh, maybe you're not a, like right here, or maybe this is not appropriate, or, you know, I didn't appreciate. That's okay. It's okay. We are all learning. We are coexisting. Yeah. We are all growing. So you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be right to communicate. Communicate. The only intention of communication should be this, whatever you've said doesn't feel comfortable. So, let me, you know, say something so that I can truly understand what you are saying so that we can, you know, have a dialogue and open up um, the ability to to connect. Because if you keep on saying things and I'm not feeling comfortable and I'm just taking it and that's just, you know, foundation for not a great relationship and we are constantly relating to everyone. So I think it's really important to just communicate, really just communicate. And just express whatever you feel and then be open to what comes, you know, from that space. And 98% of time, it's positive. It's it's a learning experience and it's a positive experience. So, yeah, communication is must. Absolutely. I feel so, <laughs> so calm and at one with myself right now mm, oh that's amazing yes. absolutely thank you so much Tamani I really really needed that especially just as a as an Indian woman living in the UK and at times you do feel quite disorientated mm-hmm. um, especially if you perhaps are at this point in your spiritual journey or your just self-discovery journey and connecting mm-hmm. to yourself um, and others around you are not at that. Um, mm-hmm. And there are those issues of miscommunication or just not being able to wear your truths proudly because, again, you fear 
that alienation or perhaps you're asking for too much and mm-hmm. people who aren't at that stage might feel quite drained at the sort of things you say and just how you are but just as you said feeling proud of who you are and your roots being rooted in mm-hmm. yourself is is key for that and yeah. when you do that the right people the right energies will surround you yeah i think just this conversation and you going through those processes is just so important and i really hope the audience feels the same thank you so much for coming on and giving your time and sharing your wisdom with us it's just really really heartwarming to see the work that you're doing and and yeah we can all do that work with you with each other absolutely there is no special gene i'm carrying (laughs) you know (laughs) Um, if I can get here and, you know, I've been through a lot and if I am at the space where I am at and if the women I've worked with, you know, I've worked with women from Mongolia and from Russia and, you know, um, actually I do attract now thinking about it, I do attract a um, good amount of women who are not um, predominantly from Australia. I do also have a lot of Australian clientele, but if they can do that, like if they can be here and, you know, really own themselves and create the life of their dreams, then I think everyone can. It's just taking that time for yourself, right? And I think that's very important. It's really honoring time to get to know yourself is where it all starts right it's like what is it that you want what is it that you desire what is it that you know really ignites your heart do that start there and then slowly through those experiences you will know more and more and more about you you know you go to the same restaurant you order six different dishes and you're like yep that's the one you know that's the that's the favorite one you can't know that until unless you've tried those six yeah <laughs> like go and experience life and through those experiences you will pick certain things you know and you'll be like oh I like that I like that this is me yep 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 and that that's a lifelong journey and it's a beautiful journey and life doesn't have to be you know you don't want to spend most of your time like second guessing and self-doubting and not being sure of yourself it's like you can use that same energy towards creating something beautiful so if I can do it my clients can do it I'm sure you can do it 100 percent yes absolutely also thank you so much for having me like you know just holding that space and asking very beautiful questions and you know like guiding the the podcast um yeah it's been an absolute honor and it's been an absolute honor to also talk about these things because you know coming from india and living now in australia for 10 12 years i'm sorry 10 years yep 10 years now integrating my indian culture with being here and living my life here it's been such a beautiful journey and the ability to share that i feel very grateful thank you so much yes thank you thank you so much it's it's an honoring experience for me as well to get to connect to someone who has a similar journey and who has already done so much work Mm -hmm. discovering herself so thank you (laughs) awesome Thank you for listening to the Mindful of Everything podcast. 
If you felt that this episode and previous episodes resonated with you, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on any podcast platform. And to support the show further, become a community member at buymeacoffee forward slash minds for a greeter. To connect to Dharmini and work with her, visit sawdharmony.life. And to access all other episode resources, visit mindfuloveverything.com.